Hi, I'm Lori. And I'm Kevin, and this is No Longer Ashamed. We are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And we're here to share with you that if you're a survivor, you don't have to be alone. Our logo is a salamander, and the reason is a fire salamander can survive a fire, and you have survived a fire. We want to help you with your journey to healing and hope. We are all survivors together, and we walk this journey together. And you are not alone. By telling our stories, we are hoping that you will have the courage to share in your stories as well and find your voice. Because stories are so important, and for so long, I know that I wouldn't tell my story. But when I finally shared my story, that's when I got my freedom. And this is our journey and your journey to healing and hope. So come with us. We're talking tonight about how it affects our family and friends when we don't address the issues from being a survivor. And it's something that kind of came up when we talked to Nate. And also when we talked about forgiveness, we talked about how if the unforgiveness hurts you, how the unforgiveness affects you and how not only affects you, but affects those that you, you care about, your family and your friends and everyone. Because when you're holding on to that bitterness, it affects your outlook on everything, on, but especially how you deal with people. And so I was just thinking, you know, we've talked about that, but we haven't really addressed how it affects the people that we care about. And I, I think it's a great topic because through my years, you know, I've heard people that they go, they get help and mm -hmm. they get things rolling. And then I've met people who are like, I'm not, you know, I don't even want to think about it. It happened. It's done with, you know, I'm moving on, but they never actually talk about it. And they think, well, I'm fine. But what they don't realize is that we're still reacting and we're still, we still have that behavior when we don't get the help. So we still, even though once we get help, we can recognize triggers before we get help, we don't recognize the triggers. And so we're lashing out at our family and like an example was with my mom never dealt with her trauma and every holiday was horrid you know she created an argumentative situation with one of us I mean always sabotaged everything and looking back now I can see where that came from mm. you know because she wasn't allowed to be happy and so she had to make everything terrible and we all paid the price and you know back in the day there wasn't really the help there is now but now there is so much help and there's really no reason except for your own fear yeah except for you just i think some people feel like if they just pretend like it didn't happen or ignore it or you know say it's in my past i'm not going to deal with it because they don't want to i mean it, this is hard work we we always acknowledge that it's not easy to address this but the rewards are so worth it. But if you don't want to do the work, you're still harboring that inside. You still have that wounded child inside. And it's not only the triggers, but how we don't, it's not that we just don't recognize the triggers. We don't, we also don't recognize what our reaction to triggers are. So sometimes it's anger. Sometimes, you know, I know I would withdraw and be completely withdrawn for a day or two. And that affected how I dealt with Charnel or whoever I was with just by being emotionally not there. I don't know how else to put it, but I would be just flatlined emotionally, not have any feeling because I would just shut down my feelings because that's how I protected myself in the past. You just shut down. 
Right. So, and, and I think that's what makes it so hard is it's easy to think, well, it's just me. I'm only hurting myself, but we are hurting others. And I've had so many conversations with children of parents who have been abused and not dealt with their stuff. And they are so hurt by that, by the checking out, the not showing up, the not being there. And the person doesn't even, their intention isn't to hurt, but they're yeah. hurting everyone around them. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it has to do with the people don't understand what you're going through because you don't acknowledge what you're going through. So whoever you're around can't understand what you're going through. They just, all they know is you're being withdrawn or you're lashing out or right. you're getting upset at something that doesn't make sense or, or overreacting. Yeah. Overreacting. It's out of proportion to whatever's happened. And so they're stepping on eggshells this whole time around you because they don't know what is going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, what's hard is, so if you don't realize what you're doing and then they don't understand what you're doing, there's all this miscommunication. Mm -hmm. And the truth is when we look at it, we face it and we do the work as hard as it is, it can change everything. It can change our relationships with our kids, with our spouses, even our coworkers, because when we are acting out of hurt, we can't see the world through the mm -hmm. right lens. Mm -hmm. And so then when people react to us being whatever we're being, then we think they're mean. They think we were mean mm -hmm. and all it's all because of unresolved issues. Yeah. So it makes it harder to form really lasting relationships. Even I, I know it's probably sabotaged some of my relationships in the past when I wasn't getting therapy or wasn't aware of how I was acting out. I think oftentimes people would think I was either arrogant or stuck up or something because, you know, I wasn't approachable, but it was because I was hiding. And so, and that's where this really is important is, you know, the people that you're interacting with, they don't understand what's going on with you. So they have to make up their own. And that's why children often feel like it's their fault or they take the blame on themselves and they think they did something wrong. And that's why you're unhappy or you're not being your usual self. Yeah. And, you know, you can say it didn't affect you all you want till the cows come home, mm -hmm. but it affects us and thus it affects those around us. And even maybe you're thinking, well, you know, I'm doing okay. I've thought, you know, I've told one person, whatever. It's like, just do the work. Well, if you love the people around you, love is doing the work to be the best you you can be for those who are around you. I'm officiating my first wedding tomorrow oh. and it's about love. And, you know, love is hard. Yeah. And love is confusing. And when, when you're in a love relationship and you're checking out and pulling away or you're lashing out in anger, that's not love. Yeah. That's not and loving. It, and no. it's hard to explain if you don't get it yourself. So we end up just pushing people away because they don't get what's going on with us and we don't get what's going on with us. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's important. And one of the hardest things I've done is asked Charnel, asked my wife, well, how do I act? And it's hard to face that. That was brave. It is. <laughs> it is. Great. It's really hard to face it because I know I knew I was still acting out in ways 
and I didn't always understand it. And so I'm like, well, what, what did happen when I was like that? What's it like? And how do I act? And it's hard to face because even now, 30 some years in, I still have times when I am reacting. I'm not capable of just dealing with everything the way I'd like. But mm -hmm. at least I recognize when I am reacting and I kind of say, oh, that wasn't the way I wanted to be. So the real hard work is just realizing it's not all about us. Yeah, because that's where you're stuck when you're reacting, whatever you're tr being triggered of, you're reacting out of probably fear. And we're going to be talking about trauma, but all of these are trauma responses, even though we're not in it. Yeah. Even though it's so far behind us, we still respond in the same ways. And I think that when it is so much like you compared to forgiveness, we can hold a grudge and be angry at someone and we are miserable and we are hateful. And that person has got on with their life. They don't even remember the offense. Yeah. And we're holding all this stuff. And the only thing that's happening is we're suffering. Yeah. We're making ourselves and suffer. Right. And then there's part of us that thinks we that's all we deserve. And I think that's where counseling can really help us to recognize, no, we don't have to suffer and we don't have to think we have to, which sounds kind of corny. But mm -hmm. if you're one of those people, you think, well, I deserve this. This is all I deserve. Yeah, I think if you read Nathan's book, Toy Cars, yeah. you would realize there was so many times he was acting out in just so many ways that weren't healthy. And the whole time he was, he had that, that tape in his head, that voice in his head telling him, this is all I deserved. I don't deserve any better. I deserve to suffer. I deserve to be like this because it's my fault. It, all those tapes in his head that were telling him. He mm -hmm. deserved to be that way. And it was his fault. And, you know, he didn't deserve any better. And mm -hmm. if we're harboring this resentment towards someone, we're also teaching ourselves that because of that stuff we're harboring, we have to be a certain way. We have to act a certain way. We have to, in a way, when we harbor suffering, we perpetuate suffering in our own lives. And so that suffering affects those around us. Right. And when we don't believe we deserve to be treated better, then we teach people to treat us badly. And yeah. when I when I was working at the day center for homeless women, the women would say to me sometimes, do I have kick me written across my forehead? And I would say in a way you do, because you're suffering and you don't think you deserve love. And so you're teaching people to treat you the way you treat you, which is terrible, yeah. you know? And so, like you said, it just, that cycle continues. And for some people, they don't even understand what freedom, um, non-suffering, what does that even look like? That doesn't even seem like a possibility. And yet the people that we've witnessed do the work and the life and the freedom they're feeling now and the work they're doing and the people they're helping yeah. is just amazing. Well, and the way it's changing their relationships with their loved ones and their friends and everything, it's the freedom. And part of it is the freedom to realize we don't have to suffer. We don't have to harbor this. We can get past it. We can get through it. It is through you have to go through it. You can't just right. jump over it. You can't just skip it. Yeah. But going through it, you realize that you, you don't have to harbor it anymore. Yeah. And I think there are some people, even Christian people that believe we're supposed to suffer. And mm -hmm. 
I mean, suffering happens in our life, but we're not supposed to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And in my book, I wrote, how much do you have to suffer before you really believe God is happy? Mm-hmm. And I had somebody get so mad at me for that. But here's the thing. When you say it like that, then you realize, oh, my suffering isn't making God happy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We think, oh, God wants us to suffer. Jesus suffered. But no, that's not what God wants for us. He says there will be suffering, yes. but there is freedom and we can be free from that. We don't have to keep it going. But we do. So many of us do. And for whatever reason, and, you know, my hope is that somebody listening that just thinks they don't deserve any better or deserve a life would hear this and be like, you mean I could get free? Yeah, I think it's a good thing to look at what is happening with your relationships and maybe how you're affecting them. And Mm -hmm. is there changes you want in your relationships with other people? And if there are changes, what would that look like? How would that work? You know, if you want to be closer to your wife or your husband, or if you want to have a better relationship with your kids, what is it that you can do that can make that change in a way that would make it easier for everyone? Because I think I knew that I withdrew. I knew that I'd get defensive and yet I didn't know a way out. And I always felt like it wasn't my fault when I got that way. There was this thing that happened or I felt like, yes, I'm being this way, but I can't help it. It's because of, you know, whatever thing that triggered me or whatever issue I was feeling. And it was like justifying my feelings of being withdrawn. It's like a codependency. When someone does something that you're not happy about, you decide to act a certain way to show them that you're not happy. But they don't know that you're not happy because you're not telling them. They just know you're acting this way and they don't know why. And you assume they understand why. What was the turning point for you? Because, and I have felt that we feel justified. Mm -hmm. And yet, there's a, where's that point where we can go, okay, I got to own my part of this. I have to look at what's going on in me. You know, I think there were many turning points, but <laughs> the most recent one was when I started the podcast and I had that, well, it was actually <laughs> when I was doing the testimony at church and I had that trigger. Mm-hmm. It was basically, I completely regressed in a way. And I realized afterwards that I'd really hadn't treated Charnel or, you know, my other friends very well because I was reacting and I was acting a certain way. And I I think the turning point for me was realizing, yes, it does affect others, especially those I care about. And so I want to become more aware of it and aware of how I was acting and how that affected her and my friends and so forth. And so I basically talked to her about it and we, we kind of talked about how I acted and what happened. And I worked through just realizing so when I'm feeling this trigger, I don't necessarily have to act that way. That's not a healthy reaction. That's not a healthy way of dealing with this. What's a healthier way of dealing with it? So, I mean, it's not that that went away, those triggers or the, it's just realizing I could react in a different way. I think too, watching you walk through that, I think that talking about it and bringing it to light 
Yes. Was really great because I know you suffered for a while and then you were like, I thought I was beyond this. And it was like, that's not what it's about because it's so circular, but recognizing, because I think there was part of you that felt like everything was back to day one. Yeah. And so you recognized, oh, I've done some work. This was a loop, not a slide down the hill kind of thing. And then the other thing I noticed for you was that being open, talking about it and recognizing it. And then I think as things come up and you get triggered, even if it's hard now, you recognize that it for it for what it is, it's not a, oh my gosh, this is back to square one, because that's what it can feel like, but that you've started to recognize it as actual growth. Yeah. And I think that what you said earlier was really important, owning up to it. I think I Mm -hmm. had to realize, okay, this still does affect me in ways. Mm -hmm. And I have to own up to the fact that I have a choice on how to react. And I didn't react great that time. And I'm taking ownership of that. And yes, talking about it with you and with Charnel and being open about it was really, really important. And that that is one of the keys that we keep seeing with ourselves and with our guests is having someone to talk about this with. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially someone in your family or I mean, yes, therapy is important. But I think when we're talking to the people we're in relationship with, we get more understanding because we see how we're reacting and how we're interacting with them. So that's right. that's more important because that's our everyday life. Because right. we put on, you know, I, I know I do when I go to a therapist, I have my therapist show, you know, it's <laughs> I have a certain, I have what I want to tell them and what I want to bring up and what I want to talk about. And if I get emotional, it's okay to be emotional to this. You know, there, I do limit the way I act around a therapist rather than family. And yes, when I had a therapist for quite a while, I had a really good relationship. And so that the difference between how I was with that therapist and how I am with other people was a lot less you know, it became more and more normal. But Mm -hmm. it's important to have people that you're literally interacting with all the time to be able to talk Mm -hmm. about this with. Well, and, you know, I would like to have Charnel on sometime and talk about the other side. But I do want to bring that up because, you know, (laughs) I have, well, I've been on both sides. (laughs) No, but, you know, I've been on both sides. I've been in a relationship where, you know, I have the trauma, but also the person I'm with has trauma. And then I'm walking on eggshells and that's not healthy. It's not, you know, if, if the person that you're with is struggling, you know, our job is not to walk on eggshells. Our job is to be honest and give them space that they need, but not to, you know, so to speak, let them bully us by their behavior, because that's not who they are or what they want to be. And when we let them, then we're also creating part of that monster. Yeah, that's part of the codependency is we're allowing them to be that way and to hurt us that way. And so we're encouraging that behavior in a way because it's working for them. They get to pout or 
be sullen or be withdrawn or be angry and we're accepting it so we're allowing them to continue that behavior so i think that's important for people in a relationship with someone who's a survivor is to realize they might need your help to point out when they're being a shit basically you know when they're being they're not acting well they might need it i mean it helped me when charnel pointed that out i mean she has in the past and it's helped and it's made me be more self-aware and think about it more when i know i'm heading towards that kind of behavior now i kind of think about more and realize okay i don't have to act like this i can deal with it in a way that's going to be healthy and doesn't feed my that spiral of feeling like I'm I deserve this and I deserve to be this way. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you said I can, it's like so often when we get to that point where we totally regress or whatever it is we do, we go, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with you. And we mm-hmm. totally shut ourselves and everybody off. And once we start to recognize it, then for us to continue that is wrong. And even if we're scared and we go, okay, I know that I have to do something about this. Even though I'm afraid, I have to do whatever it takes as an adult to take the next step for the safety and the well-being, not only of myself, but my family. And our relationship. I mean, talking about it is so important, but especially because it, it grows our relationships when we're able to talk about this stuff. When we're able to talk about what we're going through and so forth, we're growing that relationship with the person we're talking about. And Mm -hmm. so we're creating a better space with each other. And, you know, sometimes we don't know how we are or how we present. And, you know, I have a friend who's in prison for something she did. Mm. And she was working so hard to protect that little child that was abused as a child Mm. that she could never, you know, she could never even get to the point where she could show remorse for what she did Mm. do. Yeah. Because because of that, and that's what we're talking about. It's really easy to be an adult and be in situations where you're not, for lack of a better word, presenting well. Yeah. Because you're doing this self-protective, keeping the secret, looking strong, I can handle it. And that's hogwash. We don't have to do that anymore. And the sooner that we figure it out, the sooner that we surrender to it and give into it and go to counseling and get the help we need, the sooner we're going to have a better life. Yeah. And we'll get to grow our relationships to strengthen them and have really thriving relationships. I mean, that's what we're doing this for is to help people to thrive, to get beyond just being a survivor, but to being a thriver. And it is work. But Mm -hmm. the good thing is it gets easier and you kind of learn as you go and you recognize more and more as you're going and you realize, okay, so I think one of the key things is realizing what is important to you. What does really matter? I mean, do you want to harbor this and bottle it up and just, you know, have that unforgiveness in your life because you feel like you earned it? Or do you want to have open relationships that actually thrive with the Mm -hmm. people that you care about? Yeah. And even something that happens is that if we don't deal with it, we want to help other people. So we will go above and beyond and even over help to try to compensate Mm -hmm. 
rather than, you know, and then we get resentful of people, we help them and they don't appreciate it. And we get resentful. You know, it's like one thing that I'm a huge advocate of, and that's daily connection. And when we are doing self-growth and we either pray, read our Bible, meditate, whatever your thing is, is daily doing work. Because mm. say, when people get to be a hundred, well, how did you live so long? You know, I drank five glasses of water every day. Well, I drink a glass of water today. Does it really matter? You know, it doesn't feel like it, but down the road, I'm going to be, I did something every day and that builds and it builds habits and it builds and helps us to be the people we want to be inside. But when we don't do the work and we don't daily connect with our source, whatever that is for me, it's Jesus. You know, if we don't have that, we're not motivated to be better people. It's yeah. really easy to just get caught up and get mad and be mad. Yeah. By working on it daily, we're increasing our awareness as well. Mm -hmm. we're, when we're meditating or even just journaling, mm -hmm. we're increasing our awareness, our self-awareness, which also helps us with our relationships. More self-awareness we have, the more we are able to express ourselves well in a healthy way yeah. and understand what it is we want and we need. But when mm -hmm. we're bottling things up, you're hiding so much from everyone else that you always have to, you know, there's this place where you have to keep things down. But by doing that, we're keeping everything else down. Yeah. Like we think we're hiding. We think we're so smart, but it's showing up in our behavior and everybody recognizes that something's going on. Yeah. Right. Don't know what it is and they don't get yeah. it. And so they wonder, yeah. you know, are they mad at me or did I piss them off or is, right. are they just, yeah. So it's, yeah. I think that's very important to realize that what is affecting us is also affecting everyone around us. And whether or not we want to admit it, it's going to affect those that you care about. And so you might feel like I don't have to deal with this if I'm handling it. Mm -hmm. Are you really handling it? Right. And if we are making people walk on eggshells and we like it, then that should be a huge cue. Mm -hmm. that we need help. And if we're people are walking on eggshells and we don't want them to, but we don't know what to do, that should be a huge clue to get help that we don't have to live like that. And we don't want the people around us to have to live like that. Yeah. And also if our self-talk is that, that we don't deserve anything better, we deserve this because whatever we were taught, you know, whatever those, those tapes in your head tell you, you know, you're, you're just a broken, worthless. you're just worthless, you know, you don't deserve anything better. If you have that sort of self-talk, yeah. you definitely need to find out why and, and get help with that because that's not true. That's what you were told. Those were the lies that you were told mm -hmm. and because of it, you've been living under that lie. Right. Or everyone's going to hate you. No one's going to believe you. I mean, it's like those things when they come to us as children, even as adults, we still believe them because we haven't ever separated them, you know, and would you be brave enough to yeah. see if somebody might believe you? Would you be brave enough to take the first step? Yeah. A lot of what I've worried was, you know, everyone's going to blame me for messing up the whole relationship of my family by talking about this. Well, yeah. this wasn't my fault. I'm not the one that's wrecking things. I'm talking about what happened to me. But the person that 
did that to me is the one who's at fault. And they're the ones that should be taking the blame for, you know, whatever turmoil happens by you revealing it. So if you feel like, well, I can't talk about it because it's going to wreck my family and everyone's going to blame me. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault. You didn't deserve it. Because you're talking about you're taking care of yourself. You deserve to take care of yourself. The person that did this to you is the one that is at fault. It's their fault. They're the one to blame for whatever turmoil there is. It's not your blame. Right. And often when people don't speak up what they don't know and they don't even think about, because it's something I had to think about, is we're not the only ones. So if we were hurt Mm -hmm. and offended, they're probably still doing it. And our silence is allowing that. Yeah. And there might be others that need help too that aren't getting it because they feel the same way or they feel, you know, they don't deserve it as well. If we don't talk about, if we allow them to keep perpetrating it, it, yeah, Yeah. then we're allowing this to happen to others. So like I remember Nathan said, you know, he thought he was the only one. Then he found out later he wasn't. And, you know, so often I hear people say, well, it was only me. And then come to find out it was sisters, cousins, siblings. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if for anything you could say, well, what if it's not just me? Maybe for me, you know, maybe that's worth it to keep him from doing it to somebody else, him or her or whoever, you know, is like starting to change our mindset that by telling the secret, you know, by telling the secret, we'll ruin everything. But maybe by telling the secret, we might save a life. Yeah, we might change everything for the better, especially for whoever we might be able to prevent this from happening to or help them when they need the help because of this, you know, what happened to them. Yeah, well, I feel like we've touched on a lot of things. And I kind of want to you know, make sure that we've said everything because we talked about when we behave a certain way and how it's affecting the people around us, you know, and then recognizing it. But then also the other side, the the people living with us don't have to put up with that. They can, but they don't have to. They can do things to keep themselves safe. Even if you're not willing to get help, they can go get help. They can do what they need to do. Yeah. I think it's important for like spouses of survivors to get help too, because they might not realize how your behavior is affecting them, the issues they're having. And mm-hmm. and it's good to check in with them. If that's a safe thing for you to do, to check in and say, hey, I realize, you know, I've been dealing with a lot of stuff. How has it been with us? Yeah. I think that's You know, I think so many people that are going, that have been through trauma and are dealing with trauma don't realize it's not just them that are going through it. Yeah. So that's why I think so much of this was brought on by our interview with Nathan and also with the interview we had with Dr. Ramsey Mm -hmm. and about his book, 40 Days to Forgiveness and how important it is because of the ways unforgiveness affects us. Mm -hmm. And our relationships. Yeah. And stress, you know, it's all, it all goes, you know, hand in hand about how, you know, it's like, I always say, you know, cause I work with drug addicts and, you know, in the beginning they go, well, I'm only hurting myself. And it's like, you have destroyed your family. You've hurt everyone that cares about you. You're only, and you think you're only hurting yourself. You know, it's a mindset that we get into and it's that self-protection so that we tell ourselves, well, I'm the only one suffering when the truth Mm -hmm. is whatever we're going through, everyone around us is going through it too, no matter what. Yeah. So pay attention to how you're handling things and Mm -hmm. maybe look at if there's better ways of handling things. 
And, and like you said, Kevin, you know, journal, write down, what are the things that I say to myself? You know, mm-hmm. we say the most horrible things to ourselves. And if we say, if we're saying it'll ruin everything or no one will believe me, or um, if they only knew who I really was or what I really did, if we're saying those things, those are big clues yeah. to get help. Yeah. Ask yourself if they're really true or if they're just the lies that you've been harboring, the yeah. lies that you've been told that you have been clinging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah. I, yeah. If we've been inspired by our recent interviews. I hope you guys have been as well. They've been very yeah. good interviews. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, we learn from everyone. And that's yes. why telling your story is so important because every story matters. And, and you know, we mm-hmm. gain from everyone and we know that people that are listening. And so why not share your story? Why not, yeah. you know, be courageous because we know it's hard, yeah. you know, and we're here. If you want to chat with us on our Facebook page, reach out to us and um, we're not counselors. We no. can't heal you, no. but we can certainly point you in a good direction, connect you with people that have been through it. And, you know, for us, it's our faith that keeps us going and we've never pushed that on you, but also we always wrap up our podcasts with prayer. And I feel like today especially is yeah. so important because maybe somebody going, oh my gosh, that's me. And I don't want to act like that anymore. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. my next step? Who do I turn to? So that's it for today. We are going to have a prayer time if you want to stick with us. If not, we believe in you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. If you like this podcast, please rate and review because that's how other people can find us. And we really want to spread this message. Well, Father, I thank you for all your blessings especially for all the people who have you know, turned our way, that have reached out to us, that we've been able to interview and also just share our lives with. And they've shared their lives with us. And I thank you for the blessings of their insights, their courage to share, and their honesty. That honesty is so important and so touching because they're, they're talking about things that are so difficult for them. And I just thank you for their courage. And I pray that you would bless them and give them strength and give them hope, Lord, your hope in their lives. And I pray for anyone listening that you would inspire them to share their story with someone that they trust, someone that they feel comfortable with, and and just be willing to be brave and to be honest about what they're going through and not be afraid. Lord, I just pray you would give them the strength and the courage. And Lord, I just pray that you would help those that are in their families or in their relationships with them, help them to be understanding and supportive of them. In your name, I pray. Father, I'm so grateful for this platform where people can share their story and hear other stories. And and Lord, to know that we're not alone. And I know that, you know, walking through this is hard and we will never say that it's not, but also it's a privilege to grow. I feel like at least there's something to look towards every day, looking towards self-improvement, looking towards being people who love better and, you know, learning how to love our 
ourselves. You know, in the Bible, it says that we're to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And we know that there's a whole bunch of us that don't love ourselves. We're so full mm-hmm. of self-loathing. And when we are full of self-loathing and we don't love ourselves, then we don't love others well. And it's just a fact, Lord. And I know that we think we can bypass that and just um, skip that part. But clearly you want us to, we want to love the creator, but we've got to love the creation. And I just pray that you will, somebody who's seeking you or seeking help, that you will just open some doors and clear their path, Lord, so they'll know what to do next, Lord, and that they won't feel alone, but they'll know there's help and support as they walk this journey, Lord, and that they don't have to suffer any longer and their family doesn't have to suffer. I pray for freedom. I pray for love. I pray for just the secrets to be broken, Lord, and families to be free. In your son's holy name, amen. Amen.